we at Around Grandfather Fire would like to express our solidarity for Black Lives Matter. We stand with you and every marginalized group that's seeking justice. Imagine yourself under a starry sky around the warm glow of the sacred fire as your hosts Saren Odinson, Jim Toosnames, and Caitlin Stormbreaker talk about shamanism, animism, books, science, psychology, pop culture, and more. Welcome to a show inspired by those late night conversations by real life spiritual practitioners. Won't you come and join us around Grandfather Fire? To the spirit of our community, the tight-knit bonds that are being formed, forged, and woven, to the ones that draw us together, the ones that help support, the ones that help raise up, thank you. You are beautiful and you are strong. Whether you've been with us from the beginning and have been here all along, or if you've just found us now, I thank you for your ears and for your minds and for your hearts and your intuition. Thank you to those that walk this journey with us, those that follow in our paths, but also forge your own. Thank you to your listening ears, the ones that hear our voices and speak alongside of us and lift us up as we try to pass on any amount of knowledge that we can. Thank you to the spirit of our community, so beautiful and strong. Thank you for tying us together and bringing us all along. Thank you to the spirit that winds us together to form this beautiful thing, whatever the tapestry is that you see that we can sing. Thank you to the spirit of this community, the one that holds us together with open arms or a warm embrace. Thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for giving us this opportunity. Welcome everybody to another episode of Around Grandfather Fire. You're listening to episode number 67. I am Jim Two Snakes, joined as always by my good friends and co-hosts, Saren Thodenson and Caitlin Stormbreaker. How are you both doing tonight? I, I think I broke Saranth. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, it was buddy. Very beautiful. It was. Um, yeah, that that prayer idea. I guess it's not even really a prayer. It was just something that had been rolling around in my brain for a while, and I felt it was necessary in time. Yeah, no, but, that was really gorgeous. Yeah. So I, I broke act- you last time. And you broke Sarah <laughs> this time. Yay. One of you're going to break me, some bitches. <laughs> Oh, that's a challenge now, motherfucker. We're going to get you. I must break you. <laughs> no, welcome, I'm good, Welcome, actually. everybody. Uh, yeah. I, I want to say real quick, uh, welcome, everybody, to it. We've got a really great episode tonight. You're going to hear a fantastic and fun interview with an amazing guest. So I'm really excited about that one. I just wanted to let everybody know, know what it's like. 
top I'm of so my excited. Amazing. It's so good. She's so wonderful. Yes. Oh, man. And dynamic and energetic, and I loved this interview. It's probably one of the oh, easiest we've ever done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Can't wait to definitely. have her back on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I interrupted you, Storm. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Um, still kind of wrestling with the work dynamic, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which gets more and more interesting every day. Uh, but I'm just weathering it because, let's face it, I'm a storm in its own right. And one of these <laughs> days, lightning is going to strike in their world their perception of me is going to totally fucking break and I'll either lose my job or completely wake them all up, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) They'll put you You in charge. I, well, they're already trying to. Aha. Nice. Um, But I, I'm talking about my, my path, you know, Mm because they're Catholic and very, very much Catholic. So there, there's been a few roundabout conversations that have slowly kind of like we're getting closer and closer to me, just like putting the plants down calmly and turning and looking at them and going, I'm fucking heathen assholes. <laughs> <laughs> just, you should have told them on Friday. It would have been it's good Friday. You, they would have had all weekend to think about it through <laughs> Easter. You missed it. Yeah, here, let me tear down all of your pagan traditions that are somehow <laughs> Catholic. Let's talk about this for a minute. I'm sure they would have appreciated having Absolutely. something to talk about over the Easter holiday. Oh, yeah. And then a phone call <laughs> Tuesday morning. Don't bother coming in. We can't have a heathen possibly working in our greenhouse, even though your plants look better than ours and we can't figure out why. All right, but if you're going to fire me, I won't tell you where the hidden curse jars are. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I did pass along a rosary that I had for like 10 years to them. She would probably fucking burn it. Hey, you know, everybody's everybody's got their own path, right? That's very true. Uh, How about you, Sarah? How are you doing? Go ahead. I was oh, just going to say, I've, I have fully accepted the fact that for a lot of people, I am the storm that destroys their perspective on things. And I just fucking <laughs> walk away. I'm like, here you go. Enjoy. See ya. Bye. Go talk to Jim or Sarant. They'll put you back together. It's fine. But what about you, Sarant? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's, it's funny how much... Uh, conversations and issues with coworkers are coming up lately between your own experiences at the greenhouse and the Panera bread thing mm. that's been making the rounds. Mm. I have oh, had my that shit. Sorry. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, my own, my own experience lately has been with a, a very Catholic evangelically. So coworker and uh, oh, fun them figuring out now, mind you, I wear my tattoos openly. For those who can't see on the broadcast, I have literally all the Futhark on both of my arms. I wear the chunky jewelry that I have on right now that you can hear. It's a Valknut, a Mjolnir, and a giant fucking wolf's head. And two of those are on giant fucking chains. These are definitely not Christian symbols. So I'm really confused as to why my coworker thought I was Christian. But hey... (laughs) cosplaying you're into vampire masquerade oh. it's some European <laughs> sports team who the fuck knows it's probably a rock band that's what it is oh, God. yes yep 
but I mean, it's it's so funny because like I've known this coworker for literally the four and a half years I've worked at this job. <laughs> I know I've talked religion with her before, and she is, generally speaking, a sweet woman. But it when I had the conversation with her because of when uh, Silverleaf and I started dating because I got into paganism when I was in 04 in college and I had uh, been researching paganism for years before what my coworker unfortunately implied is that my now wife's fuck game was so good that I became pagan. And I said, well, that's a perspective. That is quite the compliment to Silverleaf. <laughs> right. Now, wow. I could have taken that really offensively, but she at least, and I at least laughed it off and went, yep, that's, that's her perspective and that is okay. And as long as, as she respects my boundaries of don't preach to me, we'll be all right. Because I, uh, I had to make that boundary pretty early on with her. Like, look, we're here to work. We're here to take care of our patients. I'm not here to be witness to. Find another one. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we become more public, that's going to be something a lot more of us are going to have to reinforce as we have our own holidays. We should ask for them off. Uh, we have our own perspectives on things that even if you don't respect them, you at least need to tolerate them. And it's, it's an intrusion onto my person to be witnessed at. Or, you know, if we're going to go the whole route, like religion shouldn't be discussed at work. That includes your religion. Right. I have a holiday coming up on Sunday. hmm. It's called fuck you. I don't want to drive in for a short shift day. So I'm staying home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I was waiting for them to ask me um, if I celebrated Easter or not. And I was going to say, well, I do have a holiday around this time, but I'm not sure you want to hear about it. Talking about April Fool's Mm -hmm, Day, because mm -hmm. to me, it's not April Fool's Day. It's Loki's Day. Yep. Um, Actually, I really want to point out something that Emily was talking about in the chat. I'd say that you don't let her agree with them. They still need to respect them. Yes, I'll agree with that. I don't want to be tolerated. I want it to be respected. There's a difference. There is mm-hmm. a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I respect your religion. It's great. I love how deeply steepled you are in it. Could you use a little wider perspective sometimes? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't drag you down. I don't tell you you're going to hell. I'm not disappointed in you for worshiping the Jesus you know, well, and just to be a dick about, about it. it at all. <laughs> Jesus. And just to, I love the way that, that phrasing, by the way, worshiping the Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. No offense to anybody who works with him, but. <laughs> I don't know. Just the phrasing. Fuck's sake. Uh, sorry. Uh, okay, so I've officially broken both of you now. I made him cry and I made you. Yeah, but not. Worshiping the Jesus. Never made me cry yet. Um, I'll get there. I think it's just, it's, it's uh, something I was just thinking about as I was talking was like, you know, it even says in our, our, our anti-harassment policies that respect, not toleration is the norm. So like, even in our, our boilerplate covering our own ass legalese language, like even there, we don't hedge it's respect folks. Like that's, that's the call of the day. Um, Well, I I mean, in it, to be a decent fucking human being in any religion anywhere on the fucking planet requires a, a modicum of respect for another person's belief system. It doesn't mean popping off at the fucking wrist about somebody else's beliefs or opinions. What? It's going, oh, I hear that and I respect it. 
I may feel offended inside. Sure, be offended all you want, but step down and realize that my beliefs fulfill me as an individual and make me a decent fucking person. Right. Like, stop looking at my religion (laughs) that defines me as a person because my religion doesn't define me. I define me. My actions, my are my responsibility, and that's well, what defines me. Well, in that in that case, it's not your religion that makes you a good person either. Like I think that's one of the things right, that, right, that is a big right. stumbling block when having conversations with monotheists specifically. Mm-hmm. Is, oh well, I'm Christian. I'm a good person. No, you're fucking not. You just told me I'm going to hell. That's mm-hmm. against your Ten Commandments, sweetheart. Sorry, apparently I got a bit of the Scorpio sass coming out. <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little. um but you're not wrong (laughs) you're peppery but you're not wrong yeah it's a look i've been doing a lot of i've been doing a lot of work and i could blame it on freya but let's be honest i've kind of always been like this i've always just shoved her to the back of my head and freya showed up and was like no girl you need to bring her back out because So you're uh, what I'm hearing is that you're like the people that go, you know, oh, it's not my fault. It's the astrology. You're all now you can play that. It's not my fault. That's Freya's influence (laughs) card. This is what I'm hearing. No, 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 no. I said I can't (laughs) blame it all on her. Like, this is me. This Uh, like I have reconnected with who this person is. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Fuck it. It's fine. I guess. I, see, my thing, my whole thing was I was so afraid. I was always told that I am intimidating, unapproachable, and abrasive as a woman, and that I need to tamp it down a little, be more tempered, be a little more civil, dampen my tongue, be a little nicer, speak a little softer. You don't want to startle anybody, <clears throat> make them run away. But there's a reason why my name is Storm. There's a reason why I go by the name of Storm Breaker. I'm not going to follow those paths. I'm not going to follow that. There are situations that dictate it. (laughs) I have a lot of fucking. Listen, assholes. I might be a woman, but I'm a woman that grew up around an auto salvage yard, and I'll take your ass apart too. (laughs) Look, it's not hard. All you got to do is find where all the bolts are. And if you listen to this podcast, you'll find where men's bolts are. Yeah, you got about an hour or so in before you figure what makes these fellers run. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But I mean, it's too much. <laughs> I think it was fucking great. <laughs> it was. It was a great conversation. It really was. So, do we want to get to it? Well, yeah. Oh. Do right. you want to take a moment? Yep. Um, I want to I want to promote something real quick if I could. Please, um, please do. Since we're interviewing Rachel True about her tarot deck, <clears throat> I want to promote that I have used that deck many times for my weekly week ahead tarot card reading on my Patreon. And I want to take this moment to talk about my Facebook page, facebook.com, Jim Two Snakes. I'm running a contest right now. So if you tag two people in the comments, you can get entered. And even if you're not a Patreon supporter, you're going to get early access to those readings on Sunday, along with all my other Patreon supporters. So you have that for the entire week ahead. You and the two people that you tag will get that. Plus, I'm going to be donating $50 in your name to a charity that supports Mother Earth because I'm drawing the winner's name on Earth Day. 
And so that will, you'll have those readings all the way every Sunday until the summer solstice. That's nine weeks. You'll have the Sunday week ahead reading and didn't talk about this on my Facebook page because it's a little more complicated, but I know a lot of the listeners of this show are already my Patreon supporters. Excuse me. So if you are a Patreon supporter and your name is drawn from the random bot, I'm going to mail you right out a package. U.S. Postal Service, you're going to get a special gift from me. I won't even tell you what that is. But if you're already a Patreon supporter, we'll just upgrade to something. So I wanted to throw that out there real quick to talk about. That is so awesome, awesome. Jim. Yeah, it's, you know, just kind of trying to do something a little nice. I saw a list of really good charities for to support for Earth Day. And I thought, well, how can I get the word out a little bit, make somebody happy, share a little bit more of what I do. And that's what I came up with. So that is wonderful. I fucking love it. So appreciate you guys. Let me take that little side to talk about that. Absolutely. No, absolutely. So, so, so actually plug your pluggables while we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously Jim two snakes.net facebook.com forward slash Jim two snakes. So those the two places to find me. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, I'm on TikTok. I'm. You can find YouTube. If you're finding this episode on YouTube, you already know where I'm at because it's right there. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me. How about yourself, Sarah? Caitlin, let's talk about your pluggables real quick. Um, you can find me on WordPress, which I haven't posted anything in a while, but that's fine. I'll get back to it when I can. Um, but it is stormpaco, S-T-O-R-M-P-A-Q-O dot home dot blog. Um, there's an entire uh, shadow working series on there. I think there's eight parts maybe. Um, and I actually have another series that is on the horizon that I'm sort of hashing through um, that I should get to, should being the asterisk word, um, end of May, early June, when work slows down. Um, but it's what to do now that you've gone through shadow work. Mm, interesting. How do we integrate all of that work that we just, all that mud that we just drug ourselves through? How do we make clay like pops it. out of it? I like so it. Keep, keep an eye out for that. Um, that might be another 10-part series. It could be a two-part series. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> um, other than that, that, that's all I got. Sarah? Okay, so uh, you can find me. Uh, my blog is sarnth.wordpress.com if you want to support my work as a writer, as a spiritual specialist. You can uh, find my Patreon at patreon.com backslash S-A-R-E-N-T-H-O-D-I-N-S-S-O-N. I am on Twitter at Sarnth. I am on Instagram with the same name. I'm also on TikTok at Sarnth. Um, and so you can find pretty much anywhere that Sarinth is. You can also email me sarinth at gmail.com if you have questions or if you want to set up a consultation, that kind of thing. Um, I've been going gangbusters like crazy on my Patreon, so a lot of my work is cross-posted to it. I've got videos up there that my patrons have uh, sponsored to this point. So if you want to know about the basics of heathenry, we're going through it. It's going to be about 15 parts, I think, by the time we're done. That's awesome. That is awesome. Are you doing any more workshops? Oh, shoot. That's a really good point. I am doing a monthly workshop. I am scheduled at least for the next eight months at the end of each month on a Saturday. Uh, for this month, it is going to be April. I want to say the 23rd, but I could be mistaken. Uh, nope, 24th. 
I believe. Maybe it's earlier. Anywho, so the point is, is that uh, hit, hit up my Patreon and you can get subscribed to those workshops and we can uh, go into the next section. Uh, it was going to be uh, the Powerful Ancestors Workshop. So the last Ooh, workshop so cool. was about ancestors in general. This one is specifically going into the Powerful Ancestors, talking about Desir, the Phaeton, the Ergi, and the Thaver, and mm-hmm. how these re- how you relate to them, how they relate to you, and developing good relationships with your Powerful Ancestors. That's Fantastic. awesome. Fantastic. And you. I guess one last thought I have is that we have just received word within this last week that they're uh, postponing Michigan Pagan Fest again, which is normally yep. something that we do in June. So mm-hmm. you guys, our listeners, have a suggestion for a show topic or something you'd like us to do in June, shoot us a message. Hit us a hit us a, a message on, on Twitter or on any of our various social medias and, and let us know. Give us some ideas on what you'd like to see. And um, the other thing is if there's somebody that you know of that is a great practitioner that maybe we haven't come across yet, let us know and we'll we'll contact them and see if they want to come on the show. Yep. Man, absolutely. And with that, let's head over to our interview with Rachel True. You're going to love her. Joining us tonight is an amazing actor. And as it turns out, somebody who has been part of the witchy community far longer than I expected You probably know her from The Craft and other media productions, but we would like to have a a warm Around Grandfather Fire welcome to Rachel True. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you guys so very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And also, I'll slightly, because I'm a big mouth and can't ever stop talking, I'm going to jump in really quick and say hi. Only because labels are weird to me because I'm, I don't know, maybe because I'm Gen X, right? I'm not uh, Z where I'm like, tell me a label. Um, My thing is, am I a witch? I don't know. Do I have witchy habits? Fuck yeah. But um, would I consider myself Wiccan or a witch? No. I'm with you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm not disavowing. I'm just simply trying to be straightforward about where I come from with my practice, which started really young. And I definitely yeah. have some kitchen witchy habits, but like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not part of a coven. <laughs> well, that's legit. Because we had a conversation, I mean, like over the course of the show, since we've got started, uh, Sarah, Caitlin and I, we at all various times uh, called ourselves shamanic practitioners, where all three of us are now getting away from that label because we don't want the restrictions that come with that label. We don't want any sort of cultural appropriation. We just kind of want to be who we are and realizing that sometimes those are just helpful descriptors for other people to find us, but that's not how, that's just not the total of who we are. Overstood. I agree. You know, like uh, that, that makes sense to me. So you you said you oh, started ahead. really young in your past. Like, t- walk us through a little bit of how you got started, how it found you, or how oh. you found it. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's a good question because I forget, uh, because I've been doing this and part of my life for so long, I forget that people are like, oh, you got, you wrote a tarot book because you were in the craft. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The no, craft no. script came to me because I was already into all this stuff. But um, as a small child, I was in um, foster care from like nine months to four, right? So when I, at four years old, went to live with my father. um, uh, uh, And he had a book, 
I used to call it the library. It's a bookshelf. <laughs> it's just a bookshelf. And the two books, the library, the two books I would pick out constantly were um, probably because of the pictures. But my stepmom had taught us to read at four. So around age five, I could, you know, read a little bit. But the books I was picking out was Nietzsche's Beyond Good and Evil and Carl Jung's Man and His Symbols. Now, Clearly, I wasn't really reading the content, but yet I was fascinated by them. Obviously, the cover art had a lot to do with that. And and when we're talking about um, man and his symbols, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so fascinated as a child by this. And then it cut to a couple of years later, um, a friend of my parents comes over with tarot deck and I went, this this is reminding me of something. This is what is this? And then I put it together that a lot of the symbols in the tarot deck were very similar to the ones in man and his symbols. And I understood it was a language I could parse or learn to speak at least. And, um, and so it's just been with me for that long. Obviously when you have a long or long practice over a, a you know, really long time, I think I've gone in and out. There's times where I'm, I'm really in it doing all the time and other times where I step back, but I also think that's good, you know, because I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people I know who do maybe um, a lot of readings every day. I don't do that because I kind of get you get to a point where you're like, it is what it is. Sometimes you can keep throwing them spreads. But if, if it's unclear, that's the lesson. Right. Mm-hmm. And being OK for a moment of unclearness, which is so scary and terrifying. But anyway, that's my long winded answer to I use it. um, that's how I got into it. And I really love it as a, as a practice though, um, for staying grounded. I live in a town full of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> if we're talking about the acting business, right? So it's something right. I, I utilize to keep grounded. And then all my other little kitchen witchy things, you know, um, <laughs> but people are surprised. They always think like you're a witch and you do spells all the time. And I'm like, no, no, I am the spell darling. Mm-hmm. I am. Yes. The yes. yes. I can't count how many times the three of us have actually talked about that, where you can have all these tools, you can have all of these items or ritual clothes or whatever to work with to amplify your work. But in the end, it's you. All of that magic is coming from within you. And whether you have a downtime or you're doing months worth of work, it doesn't matter. You need both of those times for balance and for your own sanity, too. Yeah, absolutely. For, for your own, <laughs> absolutely for your own sanity. I mean, I really love, um, personally, I love a esoteric or, or, or tarot, pra- whatever you want to call it, a practice in tandem with therapy as well. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if people are open to it, therapy can be super useful. There's also a time to leave it and utilize the things you've learned as opposed to always depending on that one person. But I love the combination of tarot and therapy. That would be my Jungian background, which um, is partially why I was drawn to um, reimagining with respect uh, uh, the the traditional rider weight because it is so heavy in Jungian symbols. And I think, um, I don't know. I think self-reflection is becoming a lost art, you know, and we've all we've all had the pandemic, though. Right. To I don't know about y'all, but I was by myself. And um, that's so interesting that that I watched people. I'm already an isolationist (laughs) beforehand. So I watch people kind of join in my world. Um, But to have spent this time alone, alone, alone. Um, I definitely rely on these tools that I have, but you brought up a really good point because my, I think I'm going to tap on it into my next book, but I touched on a little in here. It's like, 
we collect the paraphernalia of things, you know, especially in the modern society we're in, which I get, I like shit too. Look at my shit in the background, but <laughs> we collect the paraphernalia of stuff. And then a lot of people are like, oh, okay, I'm now spiritual or I'm now a terror. I know exactly what everything is. And I'm like, no, 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 That's dangerous. Literally, as we know, I, some of the least important things that you could pick a rock and it is for, for free. And it, right. you know, and, and that's, I just wanted to write my tarot book by the way, because I wanted people to understand they could learn this themselves for whatever price you can get a, a $2 set, a $5. It doesn't matter. Right. Because the mm-hmm. cards aren't the magic. They're cardboard with ink. So, <laughs> My whole thing was, hey, man, learn to do it yourself. That way you're not on the hook for 200 bucks to someone for a reading that you could do yourself. Now, I'm not knocking mm-hmm. going getting a reading. It's great to have perspective, by the way. But my thing was, right. oh, my God, if you only knew that you could do it yourself at 2 a.m. when you're freaking out. And that way you don't have to look <laughs> on YouTube and find the video that says they're coming back. You can figure it out for yourself and then eventually you hopefully learn it's not really about their coming back or not even though we all want xyz it is about how comfortable you are with the changes that are going on how uncomfortable you are with the changes going on and how you roll with that Mm-hmm. And I, I think working with something like a tarot deck or an oracle deck or any type of divination set is a really um sometimes blunt force trauma when it comes to (laughs) looking inward and kind of dissecting yourself as a person, because there are a lot of, like, I have an Oracle deck that is a total and complete fucking asshole to me. Like normally I pull three cards and I'm like, yeah, okay, no, I know that. I know I've been avoiding it. Can we please answer the question that I asked you now? Isn't that why we like different decks sometimes? Because sometimes I'm like, give it to me hard. Mm -hmm fast without any lube and other times it's like no 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 i need a sugar coated the same message but please but pretty berries on it you know if i give you the option to have a different rune set talk to you just take the the other rune set sometimes when i'm like give it to me and like a steak in the heart i pull out the um you guys probably know how to pronounce it better i always say thoth but is it those thoth those works thoth works yeah, I, I pull that out not that often because I'm I'm girly. I like flowers and soft, That's you know, legit. but but sometimes I because I don't believe I do not believe that the seven of pentacles, although that deck is very coded, but the seven of pentacles, it literally is fucking failure on it. I don't always need that shit in my face, right? <laughs> so, How did there get three tower cards in this deck? <laughs> But also the seven of pentacles for people out there listening, they know this. It it doesn't. If if I if it's in low vibe, I don't do reversals, right? I do higher low vibe. So if something is in low mm-hmm. vibe or reverse, yes, fucking failure. <laughs> That's it. That's your- but but I like I like tarot and all this stuff for the subtleties of it because things are rarely black and white. I always say there's gray in between, which is why I don't do hardcore. Reversals also my eye just didn't like it way back in the day. So I learned to intuit whether the card was is the energy flowing or not. It's that simple to read a reversal if the card is upright. So your your next deck is not gonna be oops all towers, is that what I'm hearing? Well, I'm just saying if you're sad, right? If you're sad and you get the sun, well it's probably reversed. Okay, people get 
get so confused about this. And I'm like, the energy is right there for you to tap into. It doesn't mean you can't have the sun. What I'm saying, though, is oh, I'm so depressed. And the sun comes up. It's a reminder, right, mm-hmm. uh, of better times. But it's also to <laughs> say to me that card is probably in low vibe, you know, right. Um, right. The low, like you were tapped into the lower vibe. But, but yeah. you brought up such a good point. People have to be willing with tarot to dissect it to look into their shadow side how's that that's a nicer way to dissect your soul <laughs> yeah. yeah well as long as we're on the topic real quick sarah before you get to your question i do want to talk to everybody we're, we're we're talking to rachel about the true heart intuitive tarot which is her new deck and book and it's amazing i've been using it for a lot of my weekly readings for oh, my thank Patreon you, sir. supporters um, beautiful artwork, um, a lot of really good representation on it, which, which Stephanie I, Singleton I is the artist, Perfect. uh, who, mm-hmm. who did the deck uh, illustrations. Um, and yeah, I, th- listen, I, there's definitely ways I did this process, right. With a major publisher. So I was literally giving notes to the publisher and they were handing them to her. What I would do a deck a different way. If I could, I'd be more hands-on with the artist, but I think within the right. process that we did, we created oh, something really great. neat. Yeah. yeah. The, this is one of my favorites in nine here. Oh, you know I what? Love I love that you love her because uh, Stephanie originally drew, which is the nine of pentacles, which is the card of being just fine with everything you already have, what you need. You're not even maybe looking for that lover. You got it all right there. Um, Stephanie originally drew her bald. And um, I was like, you know what? Let me see her with some hair. And she went, I think she did it on purpose. She put this fair faucet hair in her. And I went, <laughs> you know what? You know what? She was better bald because so many, but, but the hair looked great. But I was like, so many people, I want someone bald on the deck because there's somebody bald out there who feels beautiful right? and is mm-hmm. beautiful and isn't in need of a fucking wig or hair. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, yep. yeah. Yeah. I, I immediately what springs to mind when I see that is the Dora Milaje from uh, Black Panther and just these ladies that are All standing right. in their power and we will not be moved. <laughs> if you fuck with us, you will be moved. That's right, because she looks strong on that card. So I yep. appreciate that. Wait, what's happening? I'm so sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Are you guys there? <laughs> yep, yep, we're here. <laughs> One of the things I do want to point out. I don't know anyone we... in Kansas who just tried to call me. So there we go. Gotcha. <laughs> before we... Before we uh skip on to another topic. I do want to tell everybody that since I've been using that deck, um, it is a really nice size, fits the hand really well. The Mm. card quality is good. And what I really liked about your book, Rachel, was how for the major arcana, you included stories from your life, which helped get the messages of the cards to sink in. I found that really nice. Oh, thank you. Um, we, I, I, I have a question for you. How did you feel about the way I subverted some of the cards? For example, you know, I wrote about a love affair I had in my 20s, but I wrote about it under the hanged man. And a lot of people like, let's yeah. say if you're brand spanking new to Tara, right? You've only <laughs> learned from Tiki Talk. No, TikTok. I love all that stuff, by the way. I watch it. I look at it. I look at YouTube. But if you've only learned off that, I've had a lot of kids right. hit me up and go, your, your interpretations aren't right. And I'm like, respectfully, there are many interpretations, right? Mm-hmm. When we're talking mm-hmm. about tarot, many, many, many. Um, but mine really pull from the traditional meaning. So if they don't resonate as right to someone who's super young, I'm going to say, I'm going to invite you to step into studying tarot, not just mm-hmm. pulling a card. And um, not just pulling one card at the, and, and leaving it at that on TikTok and putting it between your boobs. I'm talking about really learning 
what that card means and what weight it carries. And if we're talking about pentacles, like, like, because for me, I'm a little disappointed that on YouTube, the three of anything means an interloper, a third party. It doesn't always. That's my truth on things Mm -hmm. like that. Or even to go back to the Thoth deck, um, you know, that seven of, um, is it the seven of pentacles that they call failure? Listen, in a much kinder world, which I live in, it's not failure, it's patience. It's that stuff is not finished. It's not ready yet. And if I look at it from my Barufa Salt, bratty, childlike ego perspective, then I'm failed because it's not here yet. But if I understand that I have to check all my things, my ducks are in a row, mm-hmm. everything is growing. If you notice on the Seven of Pentacles, there's growth everywhere. But the person's right. all like, well, it's not enough. So... I think there's all these subtleties to look into, which reflects then to me on my shadow side. So when it comes to the essays that I put in the book, can I just say, like, it wasn't that fun to have to fillet myself. No, I don't imagine. Yeah, I don't imagine. The one that really strikes me as being the one that touched my heart was the uh, actually the story with the Hierophant and how you were confronted with racism when you were so young and in high school and that sort of thing. And that one, that one really tugged at my heart quite a bit. I was like, I've never, I wouldn't have necessarily thought that that story comes from the Hierophant. In some ways, it's kind of, it was sad to me and reflective in the sense that my life card is the Hierophant. So it made me reflect instantly on how I'm treating others and what I can do and how I don't, how I should be always careful not to abuse any sort of authority or power that I have. But I couldn't have been fun to write some of that stuff. Well, I know, I don't know if you guys write as well, but during the process, uh, after I sold the book, you know, I thought it'd be so easy. It wasn't because you got to satisfy a lot of schools of thought with tarot, right? And obviously I can't get everything in, but I tried. And then just, I had to take a break, actually. I was writing, writing, and then I took a break and stepped away and thought, yeah, if you're going to continue to write this book and you're going to talk about these personal things, you got to get correct. I mean, I think I lead my life pretty well for the most part, but I'm saying I had to get correct in my own life to be able to tell these stories without any shame, right? Or, or mm-hmm. schadenfreude or worrying about any of that. So it was a very interesting artistic process that I actually highly recommend for everyone. And it did, it did m- make me, again, have to look at my own shadow self, which is why we included in the deck, if you notice, there are people, you know, there's people, but then there's also some cards that are shadows, dark, just shadow people. And um, that was kind of a nod to, yeah, there's, there's, it all does come from right here within. And, and a lot of times when people come to get a tarot reading, they just want to know everything good. And they want you to tell them how to, <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Yes, we can tell you what's going on. But ultimately, if you want to get from point A to B, I, as a black person, understand it's AQWB. It's all these mm-hmm. other steps, I mean, just to get to be sometimes. So the inner yeah. work that we have to do on ourselves is part of the WQZ thing going off and then coming back to our goal, but understanding that that's all part of part of the part of the process. You know, it's really uncomfortable being human sometimes. It, it really is very uncomfortable being human. But I, I second what you said about... Um, writing all of your shit down in a book because that has helped me a lot get through a lot of shadow work it helps me kind of get everything in a row and kind of hash it out and then it's raw it's right there on paper in front of me and so I can't avoid it anymore because that shit is right there 
And one of the greatest bits of advice I was ever given by anybody was write the book for yourself first. Don't worry about anybody else. Write it for you first, because that writing that book is going to get you through all that shit in order to be able to write it for other people. I would, I would thoroughly agree with that. And I would also say, and you know this, but I'm throwing this out there because I get hit up by a lot of people who are like, how do you write a book? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> sell your soul, strip yourself apart, you know, buy a bunch of shiny rocks, cry in the corner for two hours and then write a book. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but also rewriting, we all know, I know is rewriting, you know, yes. like you write your first thing. Mm-hmm. And you think it's great. And usually it's shit. I mean, I give myself permission that the first draft is just thoughts, right? And they're sometimes they're, they make a lot of sense and the sentences flow. But most of the time, it's, j- it's jangly. So mm-hmm. to get things to lie on a page, which is very different than how we speak, even though I think I'm a decent orator, it doesn't work on the page. So I had to really develop that style as well. But I would say the most painful thing about writing a book is writing 5,000 to 8,000 or 3,000 to 8,000 word essays and seeing them chopped down to two. And, <laughs> but yeah. it's not kill your darlings. It is save them for another time. You know, yeah. that's kind mm-hmm. of what I thought with that. I didn't really take it personally at the stuff we ended up having to cut out to fit in this. You know, the book had to be a certain size and uh, to fit in the packaging. Which um, I didn't see until two weeks before it came out, you know, during COVID. That's the crazy thing. Like, I didn't get a heads up package. I didn't get to see it first. I didn't get any of that. And then I realized, oh, maybe I do have a little control issues because there's things I would have done differently. But also, as we know, when we work for other people, right, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're working for other people. They get to make the decisions. And um, I'm super happy, though, that I got to work with them because when someone sends me a picture of my book in like, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble or Books a Million, I'm like, what the fuck? That is amazing. (laughs) That's magic, right? Absolutely. In a sense. So, you know, I I look at it like this. I've been an actor. I am an actor. And but I also think having the ability to step away from my ego has Mm -hmm. done a world of good personally not professionally, but personally, I think it's been really helpful to, to my evolution as, as a, per, you know, as a human being. And I've got a long way to go because, you know, writing a tarot book super hard. I thought I don't want it to sound like I'm an expert on anything, but I do have decades of knowledge on tarot that much. I know I can be an expert on that, but as far as life, all I know is like, I stumble constantly. <laughs> but my skill set is getting the fuck back up and then learning from what I stumbled on. Yeah. What inspired you to create a tarot deck in the first place? Well, I realized it was something I always leaned on tarot, (laughs) right? But also, I have to admit, uh, I realized maybe 10 or 15 years ago that I seemed to lean on it only when things were shit, right? And Mm. then the poor neglected decks were over there when everything was great. (laughs) And so I wanted to... (laughs) I'm being truthful. It's the truth. You know, I feel like, uh, (laughs) but I feel like to some people, it's like, if things are going good, you don't necessarily want to pull a card and find a tower in the, you know, something to monkey wrench you. Um, Sorry. Going off of that logic, the tower could legitimately be the going good in your life because the tower is just a shake up in your life. Like you could have been going through the shit 
for a no, long time. I the tower could be the representation. So I don't understand but why people see, are so terrified, though. But see, if I'm going through the shit and I get the tower, then I'm okay. But if I'm really good and I get the tower, I'm like, it might throw everything off. <laughs> but you're right. I agree with you about the tower because that's again why I don't like hardcore reversals and da 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 because they think the tower at its best is spiritual enlightenment, a bolt out of the blue that, like, you know, or an opportunity out of the blue that you weren't expecting. And then at its worst, it's man's hubris, right? You built your house on a faulty foundation. Uh, But I do think out of any card in the deck, that one may augur a final ending, (laughs) perhaps more than the death card. Shall we say that? Yeah. I I mean, mean, you you kind of have to be willing. Most people, at least in in this town, are like, I'm perfect, you know, so that makes it hard to do tarot or, or introspection work if you're already like, no, don't tell me a thing because it will throw me <laughs> off my tower, you know, and I think in the end, if you're willing to blow up your own tower, the faulty foundation tower, then you can rebuild. And it's not a tower of Babel that God's all pissed off about anymore. It is your own personal platform of power uh, and, and you know, I, I, w- I did want to jump in and say, because you said that about the Hierophant, I, what I know before, um, what I know about tarot cards is my dynamic and relationship with them changes constantly. For example, when I was uh, maybe 18, 19, 20, I really disliked, I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but I really disliked the high priestess because the deck I had, she was so mean and austere and she looked like a white mean nun, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I don't like this lady. She's going to hit my knuckles or whatever. And but 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 he's my favorite card now because I get it. First of all, you don't know what she has on under those robes. Okay. Second of all, or behind her curtain, she's not giving it all away. Maybe, just maybe, here's where the introspection part comes in. That was on me. Why didn't I like her when I was younger? I was a little psychic and intuitive, so it wasn't that part. It was the shut your mouth (laughs) part of her, I think, that she knew to don't let other people hang themselves sometimes rachel mm-hmm. just not saying anything you know and i was like hey duh, duh. so i had to learn some of her grace how's that yeah that's excellent I, yeah i gotta say i struggle with the high priestess and my tarot deck <laughs> quite a bit because i shoot in my i got the urban tarot deck um from an artist actually out of new york and uh they use a lot of iconography from around the city and different mixed media. It's a very oh, neat deck, but this one is uh, a naked woman lying in a bathtub with like flower petals and candles all around her. And she's just so at peace and calm, but you can feel that power just resonating off of her. And I'm like, I don't get you, but a couple of weeks ago, it kind of smacked me across the head where it's like, you can be, any like you can be stoic and also powerful like you don't have to mm. shout from the rooftops and be like i'm fucking badass and look at me i'm so cool like you can be the quiet one in the background that's holding everything together in a right. room full of chaos i think she was challenging for me too because especially when i was younger because like oh, i'm an actor and i need to and i don't have an uncle in the business and i don't i have no connections whatsoever and i gotta get you to <laughs> notice me and so I felt like I, you know, mm-hmm. also as a black woman, to be totally frank, as a black woman coming up in the 90s, yeah, I had to use that energy I had. And to this day, yeah. I still have, let's say, um, I, here's a cynical sentence that I almost put on Twitter, but I didn't. It's like, 
I don't give a fuck what any white man thinks about me. Like I get called aggressive by white men a lot. I don't give a fuck. Do you understand what I had to do? <laughs> You're to just intimidating. But, You're but in- seriously, I needed that aggression. Now, do yeah. I need to Do you need to learn to be soft? Yes. In different points. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, that that drive, ambition, I don't even think it's aggression. I first personally think it was ambition and drive. Mm-hmm. I needed that because I needed to have, I was told, and it was kind of true, you're going to have to work twice as hard, Rachel, as a black person. Blah, blah, blah. I hope they don't say that to kids anymore. But that was the truth back in my childhood. So I needed twice the ambition and aggression just to yeah. get where I was. And so now to dissect that, I'm like, all the people who... <laughs> said these things and so even me at my age right still got to dissect these things that are ingrained in us from Mm -hmm. our youth and our childhood like the other day I remembered that uh I used to be called an opinionated little thing a lot as a kid right (laughs) and so one time we're on our way to a Duran Duran concert in uh in high school and the mother who's driving us to Madison Square Garden says "Mm, you're an opinionated little thing so at the concert, her daughter leans over, we're watching Duran Duran, and the daughter leans over to her other friend and goes, oh my God, Simon LeBon just kissed that nigger. So now I got to drive home with these girls. I can't say anything. So to understand what it takes, you know, for any ethnic person, for, you don't even have to be black or Asian, whatever, you could be Jewish, but to know, okay, I have to, I can't react because then I'll be stuck in the city without a ride home. And I'm underage. So all these thoughts go through your head, Mm -hmm. right? And part of processing all that out is why I recommend tarot for people, because you don't want to keep that attached to your psyche, right? Right. You want to say that's, that's happened to me, but it's not my story. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's part of my story, but it is not who I am because I mean, again, maybe this might be an age thing, but I see a lot of disease and millennials sort of attaching to their pain. As Eckhart Tolle mm-hmm. would say, their pain body. I mm-hmm. get it, man. I fucking get it. You got to go in there. You got to look at it. You got to dissect it. But where it is my identity for the rest of my life? No, it is part mm-hmm. of though who I am for sure. But it is not the totality of who I am. So I'm hoping with my tarot book or other too that other people read not just my book there's so many other great books out there um that people kind of start to synthesize that because i'm glad that the younger generation understands it can express itself now we did not have that luxury so being able to express your pain is a beautiful thing i don't know that getting a fucking trophy for everything helped them out though no (laughs) No, it really didn't As I'm listening to you talk about this, do you think that uh, that was part of your progression with becoming uh, coming to like the high priestess is that at a certain point, the high priestess represents so much authority and power. And there was a certain point in time you just didn't feel like you had that. That was something you had to grow into. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I only feel, to be honest, as a, as a woman in America, or, you know, as a human, a woman in America, I feel like I'm only... Always felt like a powerful little elf, by the way. But as as a woman now, finally understand that oh, there isn't anything different between me now and then, except I'm old. So you'll listen to me. So I will use utilize that now, <laughs> even though I barely have pants on and it's a mess. So you know, like I'm still who I always was. But I understand now that I. I'm old enough that people can't say, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about, or you're too young, or you're this or that, Mm. or you're whatever. And so Mm -hmm. I utilize that now. And I also know that I can come from it from a place of truth. I mean, again, 
I have decades. I've been doing this since, uh, you know, I was, uh, well, I won't say five. That's when I started getting interested, but let's say eight. So that's decades. And when I see people on Twitter going, I can't believe celebrities are getting into tarot. I understand on one hand what they're saying. You don't want, but if you bother (laughs) to read my book, I think you'll see, I know what I'm talking about. So, you know, I think before we make any blank judgment statements, I go, oh, okay, I need to watch it, watch my judgment on this because I've, I've dealt with a fair amount of that from people. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. It's your thing. But know that your thing was someone else's thing before, you know, Mm -hmm. it's been here forever. And um, we don't have ownership. I don't have ownership over tarot and neither does anyone else. Right. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Because that's one thing that's been swirling around a lot online right now is who owns tarot. And it's like, uh, okay, (laughs) let's be real, folks. It started as a goddamn card game and it got adopted into divination. And well, I, it, let's, it be, yeah, so let's be real, because when people talk about the history of tarot, which we don't really know, that's right. the God's honest truth. But we can trace it back right to Italy. Yep. The, some of the earliest decks were Italian ones that I imagine, do I have my deck right here? I imagine using for divination, sure, but also think about it. I'm a lady in the court. My family is rich right. enough to have had an artist make a tarot deck. So I'm rich. I'm not a working class girl at this point in history. Right. And there's mm-hmm. a gentleman over there and we're in a room full of people. But if I can pick a card and subtly slide it across yep. the table to him. Now I've, I've given my intention. So We don't, you know, we can imbue on these things anything we want. That's the beauty of being human. I love that it comes from, do I think tarot is probably older than that? Sure. The idea of using images to divine is way older than the Italian court. But what I'm saying is that's when they be, you know, you all, you guys know the history of it. Well, I mean, humans have used everything from drinking games, dice games, Every kind of game we can imagine has at some point either turned into a method of communication or, or drinking turned, or drink. Oh, <laughs> drinking. I mean, even drinking it becomes a, a, a kind of divination. So, you know, it, whether or not you're, you're communicating a message or you're saying, hey, you look pretty studly, but I can't say this in court. Right. Um, you know, we've always had methods of communication. I mean, even the. Uh, Oh, God's bless it. What's it? The Igbo divination system actually breaks down into matrices that they're now using for. Um, you can use like because it's yeah. all within you. Right. right. So mm-hmm. you can kind of use anything, which is why I made a point of saying you can get a rock. You can Absolutely. do with this. You can do with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know that there's uh, I'm going to address this because people have hit me up, too, about they're like, I don't like the cardstock. I want it thicker. I get that. I love shuffling with my deck. I think it's fine. It's a little closer to the original decks I used to use. But mm-hmm. here's my thing. I get it. If you prefer a much thicker deck, go get it. There's a lot of them out there. And also, if you're it, uh, what I know is there's a lot of fucking cardboard experts out there ain't talking nothing about no goddamn tarot. <laughs> if your focus is only on the motherfucking card you should read my book that's what i think i also Mm -hmm. say there's it's okay to have personal preference right if you like a thicker deck go get one if you like this go get that you you could do whatever something you touched on earlier that i want to kind of swing back to because you're talking a lot about the magic in yourself and how there are times where low versus high vibe cards really communicate something and then there are other times where you got to just discard that something that um, i wanted to ask you about with this is let's say you get something that might be 
perceived as really nasty, say the reverse tower, a lot of people go, oh my gosh, that's the worst of the worst. Do you do something in your practice? I've heard of other people doing this where you say, okay, cool. And then you intentionally unreverse the card and bring that into a higher vibration or you bring Oh, no, but that sounds lovely, by the way, because basically they're sitting there meditating on the energy, right? Mm -hmm. And and trying to, because I guess I do it in a different way, maybe. Uh, first That's of all, why I was I asking. It sounds like something you do. Yeah, I don't put reversals down, right? When I read it, my deck is upright. So I have to use my intuition to know and, and the interplay of the cards, right? Because quite often the card next to it and the card around it will kind of let you know. Um, but what I, what I do is similar. I will sit there, look at it. If it's a heavy card, I go, okay, what's my part in it? <laughs> it's usually my number one question. And I don't mean... Uh, you're an asshole. What did you do wrong? No, 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 no. I simply right. mean what action might I have done without good or bad sideways. It doesn't matter. What, what's my part and how can I shift it? What mm -hmm. is it if I see an impending doom? Let's say it's a tower in its worst sense and it's coming and I feel it. I can probably go, okay, well, is it centered around the cups? Is it centered around the pentacles? Is it everything? Is it all the cards? But let's say it's specifically around the cups and the tap. You know, I kind of do a process of, a, you know, like deduction to kind of figure out intuitive deduction to figure out what's going on. But also let's talk. It's answering your question, but I want to throw in the other part of the component Please. is I start off with this book and how to get in touch with your intuition. But once you're in touch with it, that's what's leading the readings a little bit. Like I hear it as a whisper or a voice. I think I talk about it in the book where I say I used to now I just hear it, but I used to almost hear uh, like a rustling, like just a sound like this. And then a little whisper of something. And the, the example I use in the book is like, I heard that sound and, and, and a voice literally I'm in a food store and the voice said, don't take the first samosa <laughs> from the, <laughs> It's I know it's so innocuous, right? Or ridiculous. But I get home, I take the first and most of the rap thing has a bug in it. So I go, okay. It told it, it, how many other times have I kind of because it's like a little right. tug that if I don't pay attention to, it it goes. Just like theory that if you have a great idea about something uh it's not my theory i think um it's a it's an old theory but michael jackson once said if i have a good idea i have to do it right away or god will give it to prince <laughs> and i think it's <laughs> but it's such a good quote because what he's saying basically is that shit is out there man for anyone to grab they yep. gotta be genius musically i'm not talking about their personal lives at all i'm simply saying musically you'd have to right. be a genius on their level to be able to really take that and extrapolate mm -hmm. it right but the, all this stuff is out there floating around for us. So it's, it's just freeing it up, getting in touch with it. I don't, I think everyone is psychic. I, I argue with Fruza Balk, not argue, but we discuss this a lot. Me and Fruza Balk from the craft. Cause I'm like, Fruza, I think everyone's magical. And she's like, not everyone. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I hear you Fruza Balk, but I think everyone has the ability within them. It, sometimes it's clouded over. Yep. You know, uh, yep. they're not interested in touching it. But, you know, when you walk around, you start to just get in touch with your senses. Like I can tell I used to read for people I don't anymore. And people hit me up all the time. And I'm like, I'm far too expensive. I wrote the book so you could learn to do it yourself. <laughs> but I could always tell when someone was on the wrong antidepressant, for example, because um, it felt like they had a sweater, a fuzzy sweater around mm. them energetically to me. Now, not the right antidepressant, then they're fine, but I'm saying the wrong one. So you start to pick up or the next book I'm working on, I'm touring with this chapter because I believe food. 
is a spell for your body, Absolutely. right? It's that, it's that simple. And people are like, no, Rachel on Twitter, tell me your secret's not looking like an old hag. And I'm like, food <laughs> is a spell for your body. And then I tell them all the stuff that I don't eat or do, do you know, and they're like, you're, that must be so boring. And what I hear is I don't get my excitement from food, but maybe you do. Right. And that's okay. No, I mean, I have plenty of times in my life, trust me. But I know that as I age, I, I, the, you know, feeling good in my body naturally without any mm. Hollywood fillers, Botox, bullshit, all that bullshit is not for me. So right. it does mean I have to eat correctly. <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> I feel it in my system and I feel less magical because when we think about prophets and um, magic ceremonies of yore, they fasted, didn't they? For a reason before mm -hmm. them. And I kind of feel the same way in my own body, when my body's bogged down with digesting stuff it is uncomfortable with or foreign plastic foods, you know, mm -hmm. not that I'm against that. I like shit too, but I'm saying I kind of think about all that because I feel my energy shift and I feel my intuition wane when I'm full of cookie dough and, you know, stuff. Like, I'm not knocking it, by the way. I like all that stuff because I think what I try to do is say, listen, no judgment, man. I hope what I, people get from my book is like, no judgment. I've been there. Yeah, I've been in the trenches, too. So I'm not coming from judgment. I'm saying, hey, listen, man, I tried it. And this didn't work. I fell on my face. Here's my example. Or I tried this and it did work. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to share it with you. Does it mean it may, may not be right for you? Right. But it could be. Well, I mean, the people are literally coming to you asking for your advice and then getting pissed off when you say, well, this is my discipline. <laughs> And yeah, that is I just do. so goofy because it's like, this is my truth. You asked for my truth and this is what I eat. Go, well, I can't yeah. do that. Well, and, and it's not for everyone. I, I right. you look at my main, my, my pin Twitter thing. I literally say what I do is not for you necessarily, but check in with your own body intuitively period. That's all I'm talking about because I don't think everyone has to not eat dairy like me, but welcome, I know I'm a woman. To American who spirituality. Had, Why should I do the work when I can buy it from you? That's, well, what do you, you guys, what do you think about that? Because I think every generation who finds themselves a fucking grown up, which apparently I am now, looks at the <laughs> next that a weird feeling. <laughs> dude, dude. Anyway, you look at the generation below and you go, oh, and I know they were, you know, my Gen X generation was full of slackers and this and that, and we're never going to be anyone. So I know I'm trying to be less judgmental when I look, but I go, oh. I literally saw someone put up a tweet the other day that said, I want a perfect, you know, husband lover, but without having to do any of the work. And I was like, I know you do. It's obvious. <laughs> so does everybody. And you're, right. and you're so bold about it that you'll put it on Twitter, not realizing the folly. Mm -hmm. You're literally saying, I want all this, but I'm not willing to do the work. And now I'm going to complain that I don't have it. Yeah. That's hard for me because I didn't have that luxury. And I, but I, I'm at that age where I don't want to turn into like, get off my lawn. And I had to work, walk five miles in the <laughs> snow. <laughs> so I don't think people should have to suffer like I do. But at the same time, I'm like, oh gosh, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by not doing the work. I think what I see on, on social media and TikTok and that is that I'm not so concerned about it being an age thing anymore or a generational thing because I see people that don't want to do the work that are younger than me. I see people that don't want to do work that are older than me. I see younger people that are blowing me away with how much work they're doing in the book. You know what? Thank you for else. saying that. You're absolutely right. Cause I have, you, you know, and I, I don't know why today I was focused on the negs because you are right. I have, there's some great healer, healers and teachers out there. Of all ages, I've encountered these couple 20-year-olds that are just 
fabulous, man. They're digging into things in a way. I didn't have the wherewithal. I didn't have the knowledge at their age. It wasn't at my disposal either, like it is theirs, but I didn't have that. So you're absolutely right. It's not age. It's a personality thing, man. And that's problematic for America. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Because like, one of the things that I encounter a lot with a lot of these online spaces is when you drop a word like discipline or practice or just this is what I had to do. You know, like you've said, you've, you've provided examples in your books of how to live your life so that you're a whole person, not just I'm going to hive this part off and this part off. I'm going to be a whole person. That's frightening, especially when you're coming out of a country that thrives business wise on compartmentalizing your personhood. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's really though up to everyone. I've always said we're in the wild, wild West right now in a sense Mm -hmm. with technology, with everything. I'm so mad. I'm born now. I either should have been born way in the past or way in the future. (laughs) We can just transport. This is some bullshit right now. I mean, think about it. Like uh, we spent a whole year at home and kids went to school and they didn't have Oculus Rift glasses ready. If the government, you know what I'm saying? We were in the Mm. future. They, everyone would have them and da, 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 da. so I'm a little frustrated about being alive now but it is up to everyone to kind of check in and I know when I was a kid uh, especially because again I'm Gen X right and that means four, four decades of terror experience um, it's to, when I was coming up it was God fearing, God fearing, you better fear. And I was already such an insecure, fearful child that I was like, I don't understand. There's someone. Who, uh, uh. <laughs> and luckily, no, that's my, that's my impression of myself as a child. But I <laughs> really amazing. didn't understand it. And I also grew up a little differently. A lot of black people went to church. Um, my dad was white and Jewish and an atheist <laughs> up, up until he, up until like two weeks before, no, a couple months before he died. And then he was sending out Rosh Hashanah cards. So, you know, everybody finds, everybody finds God at the end of whatever your specific God is. Right. But mm. I, I just realized I, I was always going to be to my own drum. I was going to have to make my own way because that didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to put all my faith in someone who wanted me to fear the fear. Fear, 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 fear. And and I just think uh, I use tarot to dissect my own fears, to hopefully allay some of them and release. Oh, sidebar too, do you guys do the tapping method? Yes, I like to wake my, de- my deck up. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not, and, but on yourself too. Wake oh, your yeah. deck up, but on oh, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people who are listening, you probably know already about it, but if you don't Google it, I'm, you know, I'm not going to explain it too much to you, but it is a way to physically release some of the stuff that's in it and one thing i know as an actor is we store emotions and things in our physicality very much so that's why an old emotion comes creeping up right and you thought you dealt with it so tapping method is a way if you do a reading like you guys said and you get this tower card and you're like working with the energy um one way is to think about like what is it bringing up it's bringing up fear it's bringing up that thing or that failure fear and so you start to physically tap these meridian points on your body which really helps to move that old feeling that energy that stuck energy up and out i thought it was very effective when i was going through a super sad breakup a couple years ago and i really couldn't shake it you know when you're in that space with a breakup so I really use the tapping method to kind of those emotions because, and I use the tapping method because I realized there was part of me that was slightly attached to those emotions Mm -hmm. and that feeling Mm -hmm. of longing and this and that. Does that make sense? Like I wanted the person, I didn't get them, but also I developed an attachment 
to the longing, yeah. right? It, yeah. That's for psychology stuff, but I'm saying I dissected it enough to know. And I was like, I ain't having this shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want, in fact, the other day I was like, dear, dear Lord. And I'm not even religious, but I was like, dear God, Yahweh, Allah, Buddha, Kali Ma, everybody either bring the person or take away the, des- the, the, the desire. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> Pick one or the other because I can't be on both. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, I think it's also for me having a sense of humor is super helpful in life. You know, like Mm -hmm. it it really has made me look at the absurdity because sometimes when I don't get what I want and it's so over the top, I'm just like, oh my God, that's like epic and Greek trap. I mean, it's so (laughs) bold and in your face, it's almost funny, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just try to remember that um, I'm not the first human to have these experiences either. You know, I'll probably make it through or not. (laughs) Or you'll run into somebody who has made it through and they'll see what you're suffering through and go here, here's a hand. Let me help you. Yeah. And I mean, that's something to use tarot for too. If you're someone like, I do everything myself and I, you can use it to help process those. (laughs) Me too, a bit too. Like I very much (laughs) like being an independent burger. And yet that's not going to bring me the relationship I would like. Right. It's just not. Mm. So I use it to go, (laughs) Oh, I'm uncomfortable with needing help. Why? Why? Why am I uncomfortable? Dig in man to you. Cause the one thing I know is I can't figure out, I can't change anyone else. Right. right. So when people are like, why did right. they do this? I get it. I want to know why too, but really I don't personally give a shit so much why someone else did X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. as much as why did I have the reaction I did? Yeah. Why did I feel, how can, and, and, and I know that sounds really self-centered because I'm like me, 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 but this is the one place where I think it's okay to be self-centered when we're looking at our own ego and dissecting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You, the only person you can change in life is yourself. And from that, ripples kind of go out from around you because people will see how much you grow and how much you change. And then they'll ask you, how did you do that? Oh, and by then, the way, it's annoying that you can't yeah. change a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really annoying. Trust me. But yeah. you can. And when you accept that, you stop. I, I, uh, I'll speak for myself. When I accepted that, I stopped chasing at windmills and bashing my head against metaphorical walls, you know? Mm-hmm. Eventually, you just kind of throw the hands up and go, whatever, I'm over here when you're ready. That's, That's right. And and another yeah. side, just a quick sidebar, too, would be um, I get hit up by a lot of people who are like, I'm an empath. And I'm like, That's amazing. And they're like, No, but I'm an empath. And I'm like, Still amazing. And they're like, <laughs> but I'm an empath and I'm like, I don't, okay. So I don't know you, which is why I'm going to keep saying that's amazing. Cause we're not yeah. buddies where I'm really going to have a conversation about this with you in DMS. But what I want to say is good, good. And I mean that like, cause that means you are in touch with energies outside of yourself and your own desires. Mm-hmm. What I think though, is if you're overwhelmed by being an empath, which we all get, we all get overwhelmed. I used to feel so traumatized and, markets to be honest it was so much energy coming at me um but my thing is it's up to you empath to learn to protect your own energy yes I get, thank you no i get hit by a lot of empaths who are like i'm an empath should i tell everyone and i'm like i don't <laughs> i don't even understand what you're asking me or, <laughs> i'm probably gonna get hit with yeah, the that's your ego. flag on if you, play if you I'm... send me a dm and say i'm an empath should i tell everyone that's right. your ego speaking i can tell I, 
but I'm going to get hit with flag on play. Jim's being an asshole, but I hate to say it. But in the last couple of years, when someone comes up and says, I'm an empath, they might as well be saying, hi, I'm toxic. I, you know, I I, I'm going to split the I difference, but I, I listen, sir, I guess you're a grown up too, because I agree with you, but I also want to split the difference. Um, but yes, what, what you're saying, we're agreeing, because if you're coming up saying I'm special because of this. It is a little toxic. You needing that validation that you're special. You are special. Whether you're an empath or not, you are special. So needing to announce it to everyone, that's me. That's me thinking you need maybe do a spread around your own ego and why and da, 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 da. Because I hear you and it is. It has, <laughs> it has become a weird place out there. But it is. So it's again, weird because that's when what people lead with sometimes. Hot. You know, Dude, that's what they come. And I'm like, what the hell? I don't. Y'all are lucky. You got the I don't understand. You got the polite right. issue today. You know what I mean? I'm trying to like not tear people to shreds. Like they tear me apart in the DMs. Um, hey, look, if there ever comes a time when you really want to rip someone a new one, come talk to us. We'll help you. But at the same time, the reason I like to, to ca- clock myself on it is I'm like, okay, okay. Little that a lot of that is truth but some of it's judgment rage i'm speaking for only for myself right i'm saying i'm being a little Mm. judgmental about them but if y'all wouldn't stop being so ridiculous no (laughs) (laughs) see that's more judgment and i don't mean that but again but you raise a really good point though you raise a really good point though because what you said was you need to handle your own shit before you come to me and bleed all over me because that's what a lot of this is Mm. is that and unfortunately, because of parasocial relationships and online spaces, of course you look more approachable because you're somebody that should understand them. You wrote a book. You're a celebrity. Of course you want this publicity and all this attention. So they think that it's okay for them to essentially bleed on you. And it's not. But they do it to everyone. And, and, and you know, do. I, I do a lot of Instagram lives where I used to say stuff like, listen, if you send me that kind of DM, what I know is you don't understand boundaries. Okay. That's what mm-hmm. I learned from that DM. And so your thing is to understand boundaries, which yep. has zero to do with me. Because again, yep. I, I, you know, some of the younger um, practitioners out there have hit me up. The reason I've connected with them is because they took the time to introduce themselves in yep. their gray DM. I don't follow them, right? But I do look through the grays because I've had stalkers and stuff. But if they say, hi, my name is so-and-so and I've da-da-da-da-da. I'm interested. I read your book or I've seen you for years and you inspired me and they introduced themselves to me because I'm not your play cousin as opposed to the people who hit me up and they're like, you know, really just dumping a tarot question in my lap or something like that. What I understand is you're you're pushing the boundaries with a stranger and I'm uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with that. And I'm no longer a young person. He was like, well, okay, I guess I'll talk to him because I guess blah, 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 I know what it's like to need someone or be an outcast. I don't care. It, it, it's not that I don't care anymore, but I don't have the luxury or time. You know, I, I, I would spend all day answering DM questions and not be the cool person they want to be like or hang out with. I wouldn't be that person anymore. I'd just be right. stuck I don't think judgment's a bad DM. thing. That's the thing. I don't think judgment is always carte blanche, 100% <laughs> what, what bad thing. I think... I think I think it's it's okay. You, Judgment is okay if it needs to discern. <laughs> I'm actually a cancer. I'm the caring one. You're water. You must have. I see that, but also the way you just spoke. What's your rising? <laughs> oh man. I agree. I also think we're coming from a position now of people who have 
lived through different epochs of our life, right? We've been mm. many, many seven-year cycles, and, and that's the truth, and that's we have true. the wherewithal to kind of look back on it. And so when we're talking about someone younger again, when they hit me up and they introduce themselves properly, I, I talk to them, I entertain them, and if they have a question, I'll answer it, not all the time. But I'm interested in helping that develop because I'd like to see more enlightened people because, you know, Hollywood yes. with its hashtag, me, you know, me too reckoning, like there's still another reckoning coming for this town built on power. And, and, um, Absolutely. you know, it's also, it's so it's almost S and Emmy, you know, the dynamics of, mm-hmm. of, of Hollywood. So if we have more people coming up who are enlightened and understand that you can uh, be a showrunner, which is the person in charge, but still be benevolent. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Instead of someone who's like, I'm in power now, you know, because that's a lot of this town. And that never felt comfortable to me, that clutching, because I feel them clutching. And what I know is when you're clutching that tightly, it just slips through your hands eventually like sand. So everything is energy to me, you know, and I'm going to say, do you guys run into problems if you're energy readers or workers? Sometimes it's a little tricky because you meet someone in this judgment. Try to watch mine because I'm usually pretty correct in my assessment. You know, I can read people without cards. I don't need the cards. (laughs) But I also know there's a lot of judgment in there and I try to be open, right? Because I I could make a snapshot based on what I'm thinking and rule them out when people are very intricate and I might just be picking up on their energy that day or they're leaning into their assholeness. It's not the totality of them. Does that make sense? Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean because I think judgment needs to lead to discernment. It can't be... It can't be my biases that I'm judging by. It has to be, but I, I can look at what's going on with a person and say, I might want to avoid this, or I might want to talk about it this way, or I might not want to spend time with them. I think if it leads to discernment, that's all well and good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is about that. And it's also, I think it's hard. We haven't been taught in this country to really value independent thought. Right. And now that I'm a woman of a certain age, I'm like, oh, I'm not I have, I'm not valued anymore. I'm invisible as a woman of a certain age. Now I don't have any value because I'm not fuckable or whatever. So it's up to us to kind of take these things, synthesize them and figure out how we can change the dynamic. And that's just, you know, I'm going to keep trying to do that and being while being an artist, you know, because to me, it took me to being a grown up to be able to say, I always said I was an actor, but I never really understood what an artist I was, whether I am writing or acting or, or sewing clothing, which I do for fun or because that's creation. Right. And so whatever I do, I understand that my magic is going into it with the intense focus and meditative nature that I am putting into the task. So when we understand that that's magic, you know, that there's magic to that and, and, and free ourselves, we get in that space where true magic comes in, you know, it's all true magic though. That's what I think, even though Fruzabal would disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think a lot, a lot of what society teaches us too is to constantly be grasping and to constantly go after the grasping of power, whatever that power might be. And then we also have the flip side of that of where a lot of us, whether you're middle class or if you're a person of color, if you're a woman or if you're trans or gay or bi or whatever, that you don't actually have power, that you don't have access to that power, that you're not allowed to have it. And I think we have been so married to that thought process that 
we don't see our own inherent power within us, but what we have to do as individuals is let go of that that hold that we have on their perspective of the world and see what the world looks like to us, experience the world through our own eyes and truly experience it that way. So when I have somebody tell me, oh, I'm, I'm an empath or I'm a shaman, my immediate thought is, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'm sorry to be so blunt about that, but if you are truly an empath, you would understand that that is not something that you necessarily want to share with the world. Ding, 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 by you the way. You kind of want to because keep it, that to yourself. Because, because what you're saying to people is I can be easily manipulated too. If you, right. I'm not saying you're saying that, oh, but, but shit, it's like you're telling someone. But you're no, saying you're I have poor boundaries. I'm an empath and they're not, they're like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that's a really you. great yep. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it or is it- even, listen, my friends and their frenemies back in the day when I was 20s, 19, 18, 19, 20, I remember I was friends with these two girls and they would say a racist slave would order Chinese food, but they would say a racist slur. And, 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 and I'd be like, you guys, that is so wrong. Da, da, da. And finally they said to me, we say it just to wind you up. Why? Okay. First of what all, not a friend. Fuck? Not a friend, but second, not not a friend, clearly, because I don't need right. friends who wind me up. So if anyone is listening and you have friends in that kind of dynamic, that's not really a friend who's on your side. Second of all, a friend who would do a racist slur just to just to wind me up to give them a giggle is we're on different frequencies and vibrations. Right. But when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of friends. And so I was like, I guess I'll just, I, I lived in an all white area in high school. And so I had been sort of trained to put up with a lot of bullshit because I had to, because otherwise I wouldn't have any friends up there. So I had to deal with their racism and their this and their that, and just accept it, not accept it, but you know, accept it. And so I had to untrain that. So instead mm-hmm. of being a millennial and whining about it on Instagram, I didn't. I just decided. <laughs> I untrained it. I went, I'm aware I have this. I'm aware of why. Is it fair? No, it's not really fair that that happened. But it's not important whether it's fair. Life isn't fair, by the way. It sucks For everyone balls. else, there's like, that's not fair. I'm like, who told you life was fair? That's that. That was your number one mistake. It's really not fair. So I had to dissect that and then see how that was affecting my dynamics. And was I then in my 20s? Uh, friendly with frenemy kind of actors because it was recreating a dynamic from youth that felt like friendship but wasn't so these are all things that therapy is helpful with right but if you're not in therapy you can you can start pulling your own cards on these dynamics and things like that but and I'm saying that to say I didn't I was not like I sprang from the loins being like yeah I'm kind of calm and enlightened I fucking didn't at all (laughs) I'm a Scorpio I'll be me too. Oh, Are shit. you? Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. We're Scorpios. We're in trouble. Oh yeah. shit! Really? <laughs> and mm-hmm. a cancer. <laughs> hey man, we're not Pisces though. I'm, this I'm, Pisces I'm a Sag. I'll just be over here. <laughs> <laughs> this Pisces season killed me. I found it to be oh, uh, everything a Pisces season could be for a Scorpio. It was I was uh, the past was so omnipresent and. Da, 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 da. And the, literally, I'm not, I don't even know that much about astrology, frankly, but like the day it went out and into Aries, I woke up and I was like, I feel different today. And I was like, all right, there is something to this because I feel mm-hmm. so different. And I do, I've always said to people, even though I'm no astrology expert, if it can control the moon and the tides, you know, or all of this, of course, the, the way we sleep and 
magnetic pull. It all affects us too. Right. So I was sort of happy to get out of Pisces season. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you. That shit was not cool. It was rough. Right. Not cool. That's the best way to put it for for me. Yeah. When you realize, when I realize I'm in a not cool phase, because I remember being like, this isn't fun. You know, I'm not having fun yet. I had to be like, okay, how okay am I with where I'm at? What's going on? And then I started doing more readings, to be honest, during that. I don't think I did so many readings in January. And then I thought, okay, I'm uncomfortable in my own skin right now. So Mm. this is where readings can be helpful, which is what's going on with me that I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. So let's say to round back to that reading where if someone gets the tower, do they just throw another one? I think if you're going to start throwing more spreads, spread after spread, you got to think of them as uh, conversations with the, with each other one spread informs the next one because if you were just throwing another sense. spread because it didn't say you got the job or they were coming back to you in that first spread and you just want to throw another one you're fucked i mean you're not you can do it we've all right. done it but i'm saying we've all done it right <laughs> haven't you yeah. we've all done it oh yeah so oh, no, yeah. i was i was actually yeah, going to so ask no that yeah any advice it, that you had for keeping the judgment of- out of it but no judgment, but you're fucked in terms of getting information out of that spread. Right, but what yeah. you can do is if I get a spread with the tower that's like, it's all fucked, right? Let's just say that's mm-hmm. the reading. I, I might go, okay, 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 I'm very uncomfortable with this. It's all fucked reading. <laughs> it's rarely that. It's rarely all fucked, by the way. But I'm just saying, if that's what it is, I would go, okay, it's all fucked. I'm going to throw another spread. What, what, what are the things that I could do that mm-hmm. would help me handle the all fuckness better? Can you yes. give me some advice? on how to navigate through this or what can I do to circumvent it again? So that if you're going to throw in a spread, it's not just to say, erase that, 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 that one, you know, erase that first spread. They're all part of it because just like a spread can have good and bad. I think I can have good and bad. You can have good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're all just kind of explore all the sides of it. So wait, are you a Pisces? Oh, no. Oh, him? What's your no, sign? He's Sagittarius. I'm Sag. Oh, you're Sagittarius. Like, okay. I thought I'm you like, were saying you were Pisces, and I was no, like, no, no. You, say- <laughs> you say that like you dated a Pisces too in the past. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my my middle brother is a Pisces. We fought so horribly as children. Listen, I was raised by two Gemini's. Okay. My so mother's 20- a Gemini. I feel your pain. <laughs> Oh Are you, uh, 27 of you, uh, Gemini. So, you know, each and every sign is a thing. Scorpios, I, we sting ourselves. I've realized that people um, react more. The, the, the side of myself I have to temper more is less my Scorpion and more my Capricorn nature, to be honest, because I'm very practical and blunt. And um, you can either roll with it or you can't. And I think you can see that in the book, but also I try to... Um, try to just temper that a little bit right because i don't like it when people are really blunt sometimes with me so i try to look at my own behavior quite often mm-hmm. i also know i have found a tribe of people who can take it you know who are a little that's half the, that's half the struggle is is yeah finding people not only that you can click with but that you can be really real with yeah like you're, you're talking about I, growing up I agree. That that does mean being realistic about our friendships that we have, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, I don't, if I have a bump in a friendship, I I quite often, I'm not going to throw it away. Uh, And when I was younger, I might have, but now I understand you can just step back from it for a while, right? You could do that without all blowing everything up Scorpio style. But at the same (laughs) time, finding a group of people where I can speak the way that I speak and they understand me and they don't take it personally, right? right? We're having conversation. 
that's been a godsend for me, but also realizing not everyone's like that. So if I'm out in public mm -hmm. or, or, you know, I have learned watching my friends who are in relationships that they're so different, right? When they're around their, their partner, they're different. They're in, everything's different. And I used to think that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, no, I did. I was like, what's up with them? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> this person. Real, yeah, why aren't they like themselves? Instead of realizing, <laughs> oh, this other person brings out this other side of them. And mm -hmm. it is a softer side. And that is a good thing, you know? I mean, yeah. I'm such a Scorpio toughness that I've realized that the next part of my life, it's about, you know, taking off some of that armor and being soft enough to, to find the person who can be soft back to me. Yeah. You know? And, and someone in trick. the comments... Some of the, the comments trick different being... levels of intimacy. And I was like, yeah. Why is it when you say to a guy you want intimacy, they're like fucking? And I'm like, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no. no. I, I mean, other levels. Like, there are other yeah, types I... of intimacy. <laughs> they're like, oral? <laughs> exactly. It's a little true, by the way. Not every Oh, day, my God. A, a little true. I'm not but even going to throw up the not all men defense here, because that's that's... That's real life right there. There's so many guys that are like, I really want to be intimate with my woman. I'm like, cool. So you actually want to have deep conversations? No, I just want to get to the fucking. I'm like, dude. But also by the same token, women, you do know the magic cure to anything is just blow them. Seriously. You want, I'm not yeah. wrong here. You're I'm not. not wrong. You're really just not. Just blow them. Sorry, honey. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I didn't expect the conversation to go this way. I love it. Look, you got two Scorpios here, of course it's gonna go here. Look, as one of the two men on the show, I will just say that there are at least two main routes to my heart, and that is either sex or food. And sometimes when they're combined, it's amazing. Make them a pie! Yeah. All right, see, mm -hmm. I am a simple man in this regard. Now, my wife will say, you're not, you're not a simple man. I'll go, fine. I have simple pleasures, okay? <laughs> I'm sure you're not simple. And it's, uh, obviously, it's not as simple as that. But sometimes no. it is. Because a lot of sometimes times my women friends, they're saying, I want this. They're not doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, I immediately, in my mind, without saying it all, I'm like, okay, they're not getting something. They, they're not getting something from you. The, you're, they're not doing what you want. They're not getting something from you. It always goes both ways. It's like you said, it's food or sex. Fucking blow them. Yeah. <laughs> Pick one or the other. I mean, if the food doesn't really, work, then go for the blowjob. I mean, but really, though, I mean, that at the core, of, I know we were doing a lot of joking, but reciprocity is the core of it. And that's the core of every relationship. It Do you to. hear these men agreeing with me, women or, or women, <laughs> men and women on the feed, whatever your preference is? <laughs> Obviously not if you're not in the mood, but what it is, is Absolutely. that intimacy in a sense to a man, if you, you know, uh, you blowing them is a very intimate act for them and yeah. be more attuned. I'm not saying that's how we start off a relationship though. I was, I remember this one guy said to me, we'd made out, we'd only been on a second date and he was like, some people get to know each other by having sex. And I was like, some of us like <laughs> fucking conversation. <laughs> So that's okay for that guy, by the way, because he's right. Nice. Some of people yeah. get to know each other. I shake a hand, they fuck. That's fine, right? <laughs> but um, just pick your handshake of preference. 
Oh, it's not going to work for me, but that works for them. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So I think it's about, again, what am I talking about? Boundaries, right? Absolutely. Your own boundaries. And then Holy look what shit. I've devolved your spiritual <laughs> podcast into. No, you see, I don't, it's I don't been, see this as not the first time. I don't see this as devolution though, because like, if we're going to talk about being whole people, mm-hmm. the sex conversation has to be part of it because whether you're okay. sexual or asexual, you know, that is part of who and what you are and ignoring that part of going, well, that's not spiritual. That is spiritual puritanism. And that needs to go away. I agree that, with that. I, I actually mm-hmm. agree with that. It is, sex, it is sexual puritanism. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, if you're not going to, if it comes out in a tarot reading, you know, uh, you know, you have all these emotional backup issues. It could very well be related to your sexual needs, your sexual preferences not being taken care of. And that's a core part of you that in some way, shape or form needs expression. And that is a beautiful thing. It's not even so much that if, so like, say you have a partner who is really into sex and their way of showing love and intimate intimacy is sex and you give it to them but you're still feeling like you're missing something you have to figure out what your love language is and tell them so that they can reciprocate because they're not fucking mind readers they're not going to be able to pull this shit out of a tarot deck and know what the fuck you're talking about and chances are if you do tell them they're they're going to be willing to do it because if they're not willing to do it probably not the right partner not what you want to hear but probably not the right i will recommend to the book um Attached, The Science of Attachment, I think is mm-hmm. a very good book. I'm spacing the, uh, the author's names. Um, nonfiction book because it talks about how we attach. Are you an insecure dater? Are you avoidant? Are you all these things? And then it gives you some exercises for, okay, let's say you're in a relationship and you are avoidant, but you want to stay in it. Here's some exercises to do. One of mm-hmm. them is if you are insecure and you need your new partner to text you three times a day, which I think is what I find, um, ask. Instead of yep. being pissed off and insecure and so I don't know if we've broken up and together, blah, 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 ask, hey, babe, yep. I know you're busy, but if you could do this, it would really make me feel special. Whatever, whatever your words are. It's and by Veer Levine and uh, Rachel S. Have, uh, yeah, Heller. Thank you. I really love it. And I've seen a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of kids on YouTube <laughs> and TikTok take a couple sentences from it and act like they created it go read the original book rather than watching um people uh without degrees or whatever extrapolate the two sentences from that book it's not a deep book i think it's really easy to understand i think it's also great that they have the exercises in there to encourage you to speak up for yourself but i'm saying go beyond the pop psychology that's so trendy on tiktok right now um and and dig in yourself because it will give you Mm -hmm. a skill set for asking for what you want. The trick is though, and I think everyone agrees, is if you think for, thanks for the uh, link, but if you ask for what you want, here's where I used to get stuck. Hey, this is what I need. Person's like, I don't care. Hey, now you got to decide. Now you got to be brave. You got to be really brave here. Like I wasn't in my twenties. You got to be brave and say, okay, they said, no, they're not, their actions show they're not willing to do this. That is when I needed to walk away and say, no harm, no foul, but this isn't working for me. You're cool. I'm cool. We're just not cool together. I'm going to exit. I always thought that was like, no, let me try harder to get you to, oh, no, no, look at that. Look at that trap I would fall into. Let me try. Maybe I'm not doing something right. Maybe I need to change something about myself to please you better. That was a trap I fell into a lot. 
Right. And, and these are all normal human things because we want to make people happy. In fact, I'm so, uh, you know, uh, I have a big, bold personality. But sometimes when I'm around someone new, I kind of trying to go like high school, like, oh, OK, well, what, what, what can I do to make you like me and not, and not call me the N word and not this and that, subconscious. And, blah, blah, blah. and that doesn't serve me in a dynamic because generally mm-hmm. what they're going to be attracted to is my exuberance. So if I stop that and I suddenly mm-hmm. become, well, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? They're like, who is she? That's not the person I met. So figuring out our own triggers, you know, and what we do and being okay with saying it. You don't have to say it to anyone else, by the way. You don't have to admit it to your friends. You don't have to tell it. You just, but admit it to yourself. I do this. I'm going to now do a reading to help me figure out what I can replace this with. Because I said to someone recently, like, um, they were like, oh, you're so talented at sewing. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, I do this to keep myself from going insane. When I can't write anymore, when I don't have an audition, when I can't do this, I do this simply mm-hmm. because the, oh, it's so cliche, but the idle, idle time is the devil's work or idle hands really is. Because if I'm sitting around doing nothing, watching too much TV and not being creative, I'm not fun. I'm not turning myself on. I'm turning myself off and then I'm yeah. bored with myself. So I realized I had to do a creative project. I had to be creative every yes. day. Yes. Anyway, we've been yeah. talking forever and I actually have to get going and I, I oh, wanna wait. you you guys have really let me monopolize. And I, <laughs> this is what, no, this is what happens when you don't talk to anyone all week and you live by yourself. You're like, what? This has Why? been so much fun. I, this is, yeah, I so have adored much. this. I'd this really like to have you back. Your best. Yes. No, me fun. too. Anytime. I could have kept talking to you guys for hours, but I was like, oh my God, it's 4.15. <laughs> <laughs> anytime you want to come back, we would be so happy to have you. No, please invite me back on any time. Awesome. And um, so this shoots to your Patreon. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. Just the video, yeah, the yes. video will just the video will go just to a few of the Patreon supporters. The audio will go out uh, the normal on podcast, the podcast channels, and also an audio version will be on YouTube. But it just shows a, a, a flame. Oh, burning, gotcha, so. gotcha! And I was going to throw out there. I have a secret Patreon where I do workshops too, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't talk about it oh, wow. on Instagram. I don't talk about it anywhere because I kind of like that it's secret and quiet. And so, right, if anyone is listening right. and interested, dig it up. If you can figure it out, dig it up. Find it. Nice. And um, we have these yeah. kind of conversations. It's a small insular group, which is kind of where I'm keeping it. Um, yeah. I thought about opening it really up. And then I was like, it's not really my calling to necessarily become a tarot and a teacher. Um, it's my calling to help spread the message of tarot and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, teach workshops and things like that. But I have so many things I want to do in my life. And I'm saying this because I think people are like, you could, you could do one thing. And I'm like, no, no, I'm many things. And I know yes, it's so easy to try to put a label mm-hmm. on it and go, she's a, she's a this right. or a that or, or, or a tarot reader or that. No, I'm, yeah. I'm many, many things. And That's I will be many thing. more things. That's a hard thing to learn because I'm, yeah. I thought I was just one thing, but I'm many, many things. No, but I had to learn that too. As in nineties, mm-hmm. I'm an actor, I'm an actor. And then finally I realized like, yeah, but you're an artist, which encompasses yeah. so very many so things. More. And your artistry can go into anything at all. Yeah, and I'm writing scripts, which is a natural. Oh wow! Awesome. Writing the book, you know, and awesome. um, I very much want to direct. I I love shooting stuff, and so I'm gonna keep exploring all these different avenues that turn me on, you know. Yeah, um, go girl. And, and, and awesome. be super thankful that there's podcasts like this out there for people to listen to. Also, if anyone wants to find me, I'm usually on Instagram the most. I haven't been lately because I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. 
it is right like Absolutely. anyway but usually I, I used to usually i do a lot of stories instagram stories i like make ephemeral ethereal film that goes away after 24 hours is a cinema verite of my life but i'm true rachel true on there and then i am on twitter mouthing off sometimes at, at <laughs> rachel true those are the places you can um, generally find me awesome. awesome rachel thank you so much for joining us we appreciate it so much and uh Love you having you on again, but have a Listen, great thank day. you guys for being so um, gracious and letting me babble on. And if you ever have me back <laughs> on, I'll try to shut up and listen. <laughs> oh, I loved it. No, I would have kept I'll listening, you so it. you're fine. I swear, though, this is what happens when you've been a year into a pandemic and you live alone. You're like, oh, <laughs> yes. people, my voice, I'm hearing sounds. You yeah, your podcast support network. This yep. is it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking thank so much you time I out of your really day. I didn't see any comments, but I see that there's people on here. So thank you guys for tuning in, and you know, I'll see you. I'll see you on the on the uh, Instagrams, I guess. All right. <laughs> you take care. You have a good day. Bye, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. There's no wrong.